This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Welcome to Hour 2 of the show. Whether you are listening across the Sportsnet Radio Network, watching on Sportsnet 360, or listening on your favorite podcast platform, thank you so much, as always, for joining me today. Uh, Elliot, uh, deferring to Hour 2, he was at the Toronto-Tampa skate this morning. He joins me now from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Fridge. How are you? I'm good, Jeff. How are you doing, man? Good. How was the? I know it's a rather newsy day around Toronto with Nick Robertson uh, getting called up. And I believe will be playing on the on the blue line tonight as well. Um, yep. How were the skates? What were the uh, the newsiest things that you've been able to uncover around the rink today? Well, well, you you said it. Like Nick Robertson comes up, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he plays in the lineup today. Uh, you want to put like if, if you're going to call him up, you got to put him in position to score. And if you take a look at the way they practiced on Sunday, yesterday, you know, Nyes was on the first line. Domi was at center. Yep. I wonder if, you know, Robertson ends up with Domi. Um, you know, they, they didn't have enough players this morning to have a full skate, so it's hard to tell. But, you know, the real news could come tonight in terms of who's playing with who. Um, you know, Tampa, it's Johansson tonight. Um, he's going to start. Um, and you know, I, I like in a lot of ways. First of all, I love watching Tampa and Toronto play against each other. They have great games. They really don't like each other. And you know, I I, I just think that Tampa, they kind of went through a little bit of what Toronto went through weeks ago, and now they think they're starting to come out of it. So, and, and you know, they're going to be wired mm-hmm. to play the Leafs tonight. They can't stand them, and vice versa. Yeah, no, this uh, th- this should be a fun one. Although for the Toronto Maple Leafs, as their toughness is being very much challenged and maybe more so questioned uh, in all corners and probably internally as well. We all know Sheldon Keefe uh, and how he, ad- he addressed his team before the Buffalo game on Saturday. Uh, is Tampa the best or worst team to be facing Toronto right now if you're the Maple Leafs? You know, one of the things I was talking about, Elliot, to kick off the show today was in a lot of ways, uh, I would imagine Brendan Shanahan... I would imagine I would imagine general manager Brad Treliving look at Tampa and say that's what we want our team to be. We want high skill, we want toughness, we want the team to be together. Uh, they want to want the team to battle together and we don't mind if they're a little bit sneaky dirty at the exact same time. Is this the best time or worst time for Tampa to come into Toronto to face the Maple Leafs? I'm bad at these predictions, Jeff, because when Edmonton played on Saturday, I said, oh, look, Nashville. Edmonton always tortures Nashville. So why not? Well, Dreisaitl normally great for does. the Oilers. Yeah, it's great for the Oilers that the Predators are on their schedule and they lost 5-2. to two. So obviously the way I look at the world is, is, is wrong. But, you know, I, I think this, I, you know, like if you're Toronto – like you know that Tampa Bay is going to be up for playing against the Leafs because they always get up to play against the Leafs. I got to think yeah. it's got to be the other way around. If I was the Maple Leafs, I'd love to play the Lightning because a it reminds you of big success that you had. They beat them last year in the playoffs. They got over that first round hump. You should feel good when you see them. But secondly, you should also feel energized to see them because you know that they hate you and you should hate them. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you mentioned that uh, you know it, it wasn't a, a full practice from the Toronto Maple Leafs, but being around the uh, being around whoever was there from the team today, could you sense a mood around it? I, I know it's a, it's a tricky thing to gauge or, or put your thumb on. I know it's like grabbing a handful of water sometimes, but could you, do you sense any mood around the team and the organization right now? Well, I, I think for one thing, I think they're they're kind of, you know, when you're in Canada, it's funny. I, I, you know, I saw, I was talking this morning. It was great to see Dave Randorf and, and Brian Engblom. I got a yeah. chance to meet Gabby Shirley today from the, uh, from the lightning broadcast team. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, just how different it is, like depending on where you are in the league, you know, when you're going through a bad stretch obviously it's going to be different in Tampa than it is going to be in Toronto. And Jeff, I have my theory and I don't necessarily think it's just a theory. I think it's a very real thing where teams go through phases in Canada where they hate everyone in the media for about a week. Now it might actually be longer (laughs) for than a week, but it lasts the the worst lasts for about a week. I think Toronto's in that phase right now where they just look at us and they're like, oh, man, we can't stand these guys and we don't even want to look at them because, you know what, they're losing uh, the whole thing with Boston and Marchand and Lilligren. Um, it's only added another level of uh, of uh, hot sriracha onto the whole dynamic. Um, it's, <laughs> nice. you know, like they're, they're looking at us right now like we're sick of hearing about all this stuff. So... You know, but what you got to do at the end of the day, you control your fate. You got to win games. That game on Saturday night was winnable, and they lost. And this game tonight, it's a tough game, but it's winnable. And you know, we'll see. I'm sure. I'm sure Toronto's not the. As a matter of fact, the only city right now where they might be happy is Vancouver. Well, let's get there then. That sounds like you transition we, to that. We are Lovely. in. Uh, we are yeah. in bizarro world, Jeff. The only city in Canada that's happy right now with their hockey team is Vancouver. I don't like happy Vancouver hockey Twitter so much. I like nasty. I like pissed off yeah, Vancouver speak for hockey yourself. Twitter. But right now, like, what's what's? Well, don't worry, I get it too. Um, but what's not to like if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan right now? Like, uh, let me let me actually let me park Vancouver for one second because I want to talk about Edmonton. So Edmonton's facing Vancouver tonight. Like there's a number of great yeah. games. Boston and Dallas. Whenever they get together, it's a great game. I'm looking game. forward to that. Looking forward to Tampa yeah. and Toronto. And then like Edmonton, Vancouver is fascinating because as everybody knows, Edmonton's on fire. And the Vancouver yeah. Canucks are enjoying a fantastic start. You know, it's Jack Adams for Tockett, it's Norris for Hughes, it's Vesna for Demko, it's Art Ross and, and maybe the Hart Trophy as well for Elias Pettersson. Brock Besser is snapping him in. JT Miller is playing great. So right now, Edmonton's heading into what looks like a chainsaw right now or a, or a meat grinder in the Vancouver Canucks. They're mowing down teams and, and going through them. Here's the thing about the Edmonton Oilers. If things break a certain way, this could be a really bad week for one specific reason. Like I was mentioning this in the first hour. I like to look at the schedule and say, okay, what game might be the best game this week? And I think that might be L.A. and Vegas on Wednesday. That has the makings of what could be a fantastic game. And then I also look at what game can give you or produce the biggest amount of chaos. 
And if things work out a very specific way this week, Elliot, Thursday's Edmonton-San Jose matchup could be the most chaotic night on the schedule. I know it's Vancouver tonight, but this is a week where Edmonton has Vancouver and then San Jose and then Seattle. I have no idea how it's going to go. I'm not asking you to predict how it's going to go. All I know is, here's the question. How did we get to this point where tonight means a ton, the San Jose game might mean even more than anything, and then a game against Seattle means a ton for the Edmonton Oilers this early in the season? Well, the math dictates, Jeff, that every game for the Oilers is going to have to be huge because they're going to have to play at, at basically a 700 to 750 clip to make the playoffs now. And as good as they are, that's a big that's a big ask. You, know, you bank games during the year. Everybody knows that you're going to have, what, four or five stinkers during the year. It's an 82-game season. That's going to happen. Yeah. Well, Edmonton's played almost all of their stinkers. They can't, they can't do it anymore. So that's why you are where you are. You're in a spot where... You, you can't throw away games anymore. So that's why all these games are important. Look, I, I think it's, it's, it's two things, very obviously. Number one, they're not getting saves. And number two, they're giving up really good chances. Like, I, I know everybody's bashing the goalies, and, you know, that's, that's life in the big city. You've got to take that to some degree if you're Edmonton's goalies. But, Jeff, like, you know, they're giving up really good chances. They're... You know, it's one thing if you're impenetrable and you're giving up bad goals. They're not. You know, it's – but, you know, the one thing is, and we kind of talked about this this morning on the pod, Edmonton has gone through situations the last few years where they have a week or two in the season where it looks like Mm -hmm. they couldn't beat a game of eight-year-olds in floor hockey. Like, they've had that before. And the pressure mounts and – the heat gets on, and it's what are we going to do, and Ken Holland better do something. And he's always tended to his – I mean, I remember a couple of years ago he made the coaching change, Woodcroft in for Tippett. But generally his preference is to say we've got a good team and we're going to outweigh it. Well, now it's happened really early, Jeff. So you're sitting here and you're saying we've put ourselves behind the eight ball and – we, we have to do, what are we going to do? And I think it's his preference, again, to outweigh it like he's tried to do in every other previous case. The one thing here, and I, I, I do think, again, although the goalies there I don't think are solely responsible, what I do think is that they are going to have to have an honest conversation about can we win with this and what is the painful price we're going to have to pay to extricate ourselves from it. I I think when you've got these two guys in the prime of their careers and their contracts are coming up, even though I generally think they feel very comfortable about the way things were going before these first 10 games of the season, I do think you have to start asking yourselves, what is the maximum pain that we are going to be willing to pay to extricate ourselves from this situation if we don't feel it can be it can get better that's a really really good point let me try to let me try to push that and take it one step further uh, one step further so when you and i were in edmonton um during training camp what was the mantra 
what was the saying around the team? What did we pound control in every what interview? We can take care of what we, we do, every, what we can control every day. Is that what you're looking for? No, I was looking more for cup or bust. Remember we kept asking, oh, okay. is it cup or bust for the Oilers? Cup or bust, cup or bust. And everyone pretty much to a person said, yeah, it's, it's cup or bust. That's the expectation. So here's what I wonder about now. Given the Edmonton Oilers start, and given that, to your point, they're going to have to play like a 750 clip um, in order to, to quote-unquote, salvage the season. Is just salvaging the season enough, or does every move that the Oilers make from here on in, at, at every single position here, because I think, like I agree with you, I think we're getting to the point where a lot of, if not everything, has to be on the table uh, in, in order to, to, to move this program along. Does everything not have to come with it? Are we making this move because it brings us closer to winning the Stanley Cup as opposed to just we need to be more respectable this season. We just need to stop the bleeding here. Like, is the goal still cup or bust? Or is the goal, let's not embarrass ourselves here. Then everything has to be a home run swing, does it not? No, 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 no. You no, I I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with that. I I think you have to look at the reality of the situation, Jeff. The reality of the situation is if you decide you can't win with this goaltending, you're going to have to do something painful to get out of it. You know, you can argue about the past, the past of the past, the past of the past. Now you have to talk about, okay, this is where we are, and this is the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is they are going to have to pay a, a, a harsh price to get out of there. And I think you consider it. Yeah. But... It doesn't mean you always have to hit home runs. Like, if you're looking at your defending and you're saying, um, you know, we gotta we gotta change, clear our defense. Whether it's a defenseman that can help you or a forward that can help you, you have to find a player who can. You have to. You can find smaller pieces that you think can help your team win the Stanley Cup. Not everything has to be a fifth deck home run, but everything like. I, I think if you're just doing, if you're thinking, oh, we just got to save our season. What is that? Like, 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 don't, don't, don't bring that. If I'm, if I'm in charge, I'm like, don't bring that to my desk. Everything has still got to be about, um, we, we got to win, but it doesn't mean every move has to be a, a fifth deck smash. You like singles and walks. Didn't you watch Moneyball? Walks contribute to victory. Oh, I know. Too, small Jeff. ball. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Not small ball, but, but, the, walks. but the, the, walks are a big part of the, winning. The thing, bunts and singles, baby. Uh, bunt and, and and just get just get on base to win the World Series. The um the thing that I wonder about too is sometimes you run your you, you run yourself into a corner where there's one area that you can't really address. And what I think a lot of people wonder about is if they can't do something about the goaltending. Not that I want to go as far as to say, well, what's the point of trying to fix anything else? But if you can't fix that number one problem, and that is like, if you have a goaltending problem, it's everything. Because the cascading effect of not getting saves is punishing for a team. I mean, you can mitigate it by having a really good blue line. We've seen that before. But if yeah. you can't get saves, that affects that affects how your forwards play. That affects how your defense plays. And I know they're giving up a lot of high danger looks. I get it. And it also affects how you coach. Like to me, maybe I put too much. Well, then, on well, this, then, Jeff, really there's only so. one thing you can do if you've decided that's what you have to do. Then you have, like in life, in life, 
young man, my apprentice. Yes, Dad. You yes, ha- Father. You, you father, have to. There are times you have to make deals. <laughs> not only in hockey, yep. but in life, you have to enter into agreements, or you have to do things. That you say, "I don't like to do this, but I got to do this." Like making my bed this morning. Very painful chore. Uh, I don't like to do it, (laughs) but I got to do it. Yeah. I got to do it. You know, like, so, like, I sit there and I'm like, if that's what you've decided, then you say, all right, this isn't going to be easy, but Mm -hmm. we got to, like, there's, there's times in life when you're not expected to win you could ride this out for a couple more years, but in Edmonton, you, right now, you don't, you don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of more things here. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating night because of a pair of uh, games involving some Canadian teams that are intriguing. Also, the Boston Bruins face off against the Dallas Stars. Uh, I mentioned Edmonton and San Jose coming up later on this week on, on Thursday, and that could be an absolutely bonkers game. Uh, I, I don't want to pound on them too much. We did a lot of it on, oh. on the podcast, but it, it is it is a headline story around the yep. NHL, and I think we're all wondering, you know, what happens next. I mean, here we are in November. Like we've seen teams, you know, that have to go through the motions after Christmas. You know, play a lot of empty calorie games. It just has yep. to be. A, it's so crushing on players where you, you know the playoffs are in the rearview mirror, and maybe you're going to get moved at deadline, and, and maybe you're not. I mean, San Jose's out of it. It's November the 6th. And they essentially yep. have to play the majority of the season just empty calorie hockey here, maybe every now and then upsetting a team and trying to play a little bit of a spoiler. But I don't know. I don't know that there's a, a question as much as there is a, your thoughts on the San Jose Sharks here. I don't know that anything's going to get done immediately or maybe even at all that's going to make this better. But what are we seeing here? Like, this is historically bad. Like, this is the worst goal differential after 11 games in the history of the NHL. You know, we've always used 74-75 capitals as that measurement stick for poor performance. San Jose is going to lap that at this point, which is just stunning for each. A thought or two on the San Jose Sharks. Well, I mean... I was talking to someone about it this morning, and and you know we, we were t- we were talking about you know every team out there that's got a cap problem has a player they they'd love to move. And look, like San Jose, if like I'm not I'm not convinced. I mean, I think they knew it was going to be bad. I, I just don't think they ever thought it would be this bad and you know you if you've made it a point and you know celebrating is a guy they know him well he's lived in the area he's played for the junior sharks yep um like they that's the goal here right i i think what people yep. forget is the scorched earth that is between now and then like, there's people that look at this and say, well, that's what you have to do, and, and maybe it is, but what you don't think about is the cost on your organization when you lose games like that, your players, your fan base, everything. And 
you know, it, it's funny. We were talking about, like, if you're San Jose, do you go out there and do you call every team that needs to dump a player and say, you know what, we need some help here? And Because right now, like, San Jose can't play. Like, people are talking about should, should Quinn get fired. I, I think that's crazy. Like, no coach is saving this. Yeah. But someone was saying to me the other day that the problem is that there's there, you have to play a certain speed and a certain style to be successful in the NHL now. <laughs> they can't do that. <laughs> so I was looking at this like, do you go out and you get other players to help you play better? And then you don't want to get too much better because you want your best shot at Celebrini. But also, what I'd be, well, what I would be doing, Jeff, is I would be calling teams and saying, okay, what are you? We need some players, but what are you going to do to help us for us to take that player? Like I would be doing like a whole new round of, hey, remember we have cap room. How are you going to incentivize us to solve your problem? And that's one thing I would be doing. The other thing I would be doing, Jeff, is like when you're going to tank like this. Like, I remember the Philadelphia 76ers. There's this great debate about how well, about the 76ers and their tanking, and it makes sense for them long-term, and they're better now. They've got the MVP of the league. Um, you know, they've, they've never made it to the third round of the playoffs, but it appears that they're better. But in the meantime, their TV ratings went to, like, zero. There was nobody in the yeah. building, and that's where... That's where San Jose is now. There's their attendance is down. Their TV numbers will go down. Like what you have to do is you have to give fans the greatest. You have to bend over backwards and do whatever you have to do to get their fans not to give up on your team. Like if some young fan comes to a game and says, I want a pony ride through the stands. You have to give them a pony ride <laughs> through the stands. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I needed like, that today. That's a that's a great example, Elliot. <laughs> a pony ride. But, but you know what, Jeff? Like, like I, re- I like I really believe that. I I think that you're like yeah. you know like that is the danger, and that's what you got to like. You're telling your fans after ten games, like this is what we have to do. Okay, but. You can't afford to lose yeah. them, so how do you incentivize them to still be interested in the Sharks? Um, free haircuts and pony rides? I don't know. Like, it's tough. Like, it's really... Uh, it's tough. It's a, it's, a, it's a big challenge. Let, let me ask you something. I, You know, it's funny, too, just hearing you talk about teams that have uh, bad contracts. Something I've wanted to pick your brain about for a while now um we all know that every year when it comes to the salary cap the nhl players association votes on whether they're gonna use the escalator or not um if you polled general managers right now 32 gms and said okay next year you can have either one of two things you can have the salary cap going up or you can have amnesty buyouts. Mm. What would they choose? 
and it might differ team to team. I understand that. But overwhelming good question. I mean, you know, you know GMs, what would they choose? A higher cap number or the ability to buy out players and not have a count against the cap? That's a it's a good question, uh, Jeff. I, I think it's I, I probably have to spend some more time looking at it to see who'd want No answer now. I, I, I would probably say you always want more cap room for flexibility, but it's not as clear-cut as a lot of my answers would be. If I really spent time going through and looking this, through the situations, I would get you a better yeah. answer, but I suspect that vote might be closer than you think. Um, a couple of things here. Uh, I just talked to Jim Fox a couple of seconds ago, and we talked about the Los Angeles Kings. Very much looking forward to L.A. and, and Vegas uh, coming up on Wednesday. Vegas had themselves an interesting weekend. Just absolutely yeah. shellacked Colorado. Uh, seven to nothing. Just, again, looking like, well, the defending Stanley Cup champions only to turn around and lose to the Anaheim Ducks. There's no shame there right now, Elliot, because Anaheim beats everybody. And yeah, Mason McTavish is becoming a becoming a star, and it's not just Lucas Dostal, who's you know obviously the the rookie of the month in October, but also John Gibson, uh, sticking it to Vegas yesterday. Do you have a thought on both Vegas and Anaheim here? Uh, interesting weekends for both. Yeah, really interesting. I you know all credit to the Ducks. You know they're playing their hearts out. I don't know what else you could really say. Um, you know they. They're definitely, you're looking at them and you're seeing a lot more W's than you expected to see at this time of year. Very, very impressive. Vegas, I mean, look, like they're, they're the number one team in the league for a reason. Uh, and you know what, Jeff? I'll, I'll say this too. They, you know, teams that win the Stanley Cup, you always look for not only drop off, but they don't pay attention to the details or their game starts to slip even if they're winning. You don't see a ton of that. Um, and, and, yeah. and the thing is, too, is they stay to the same formula. Everybody, pl- everybody plays. Like, their minutes don't get tilted. Everybody plays. Uh, it's a good way to manage a bench when you are a successful team. Um, we'll see Columbus tonight really quick. Uh, they face off against the Florida Panthers. Johnny Gaudreau benched. Uh, as we saw over 16 minutes of uh, of play that Johnny Gaudreau did not see. Uh, Columbus faces off against Florida. Paul Maurice saying, you know, by the end of the road trip, we'll see whether the uh, the two defensemen, Montour and Ekblad, may be back. Do you have a quick thought on Columbus before we uh, let you get on with your day here? Well, I, I would just say that it's it's very clear that this was the plan all along for the Blue Jackets. You know, when they hired Mike Babcock, this was what was going to happen. And Babcock's gone, but and Pascal Vincent's in, but it's very clear when Vincent got the job, he was told we have a plan and we expect you to follow it, and we're going to back you if you do it. And because I don't know how many first-time coaches, actually, I was thinking about this this morning, how many first-time coaches who weren't like kind of tough former players have that leash when they show up to do what he's done. Great question. Not many, if any. Exactly. Not many, if any so at all. He is doing what they want him to do. 
uh, as laid out. Okay, listen, on that, we'll let you go. Uh, it's going to be a busy night uh, around the network. It is uh, Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Tampa Bay Lightning facing off against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Oilers taking on the Vancouver Canucks, the suddenly spectacular Vancouver Canucks. This one should be intriguing. All right, enjoy the rest of your day, Fridge. We'll check back tomorrow. All right, take care, man.